Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Christopher Drobot. Christopher is a passionate cheerleader for the potential of the Edmonton region. Although not directly an entrepreneur himself, his extensive experience in business operations and now mortgage lending help focus his excitement on the ideas that can see the city grow. He is involved in the push to bring a world-class aquarium to the city and is completing his MBA and, together with his wife, homeschools his two children. The parallels between entrepreneurialism and homeschooling have been many and he sees an overarching lesson in both. You have to create the world you wish to see. Now let's not wait another moment while we join Christopher with his interview with Anthony Nagandaraj. Take it away, Christopher. All right, welcome back to the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast supported by Rainforest Alberta. I am your host today, Christopher Drobot. Our guest today is an out-of-the-box thinker, a team builder, and a great listener who originally hails from Bangkok, Thailand. Anthony Nagan... Nagendraraj? Nagendraraj. Yep, you got it. Thank you. First immigrated to Canada in 1986 and spent the greater part of his youth in Montreal before moving to Edmonton in 1995. Anthony is an experienced IT consultant with a background in the dynamic CRM and PeopleSoft. He has over 12 years of total IT experience with seven of those years in the public sector. All that corporate experience, however, provided him with a solid foundation from which to launch his current venture, Spontively, an Edmonton-based startup that helps people use their time more efficiently to find local experiences. We will let Anthony get into that more himself. Welcome to the show. Hi, Christopher. Thanks. But yeah, you know, we've already chatted a little bit before the show. Uh, we've gotten to know each other a bit, but I yeah. think that our listeners, they don't have the benefit of that last 45 minutes. So sure. you should fill, fill people in. Sure. So as you look to, I grew up in, I grew up in Montreal for, for a number of years, moved to, to Edmonton in the mid 90s, went to school here, started my career off at IBM, an IBM consultant for a number of years as well. I worked there, did the circuit. Edmonton is pretty uh, pretty small tech scene, so I did IBM, worked at IBM, CGI, Sierra Systems, Alberta Innovates, and then uh, ended up starting my own venture, Spontively. So about three years ago, you know, after having kids, we just realized that, you know, like society has moved further and further away from, you know, their communities. And how do you bridge that gap, right? So we started this, start our startup, figuring out, okay, how do we help people connect back to their communities? And and here we are. Yeah, you even mentioned um, earlier, like we were we were in your office there, and you have something painted on the wall there, building communities, right? right. Like it, it's it's like part of what you do. Like even the fact yeah. that you said that you've set yourself up in this particular space yeah. because of being tied into the community. Absolutely, I think for us the biggest the biggest challenge is how do you build stronger communities, right? And it's it's much easier. It's just an, you know. It's easy to say, okay, yeah, we're going to go about doing this. But we believe like in order to build effective, strong communities, you need to make informed decisions to do that, right? Like what do your people want? What are people interested in? And fundamentally, that's what we're doing. We're, we're helping people have a voice back to their, their municipalities and our partners and saying, hey, I'm interested in this. 
city of Edmonton, don't build that ice rink, build that soccer facility because, you know, a lot, 80% of your people actually like to play soccer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, yeah, what that, that kind of is a good stepping point. Elaborate on, on spontively then. So like what, how does it work? What's the. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so we're a mobile and web-based platform. So essentially we partner with municipalities, post-secondary institutions, and, uh, and nonprofits, essentially helping them facilitate the ability to create activities and events. So if you think about it, um, all these municipalities um, have multiple departments doing things independently, right? So you have one department actually pushing out on a website or in a social media platform. Well, there's a trickle-down effect, right? You as an individual have to go through multiple sources to figure out what's going on in your community. You got to either go on their website or then you have to go on, on a Facebook group, or then you'd have to go on a meetup or an event, right? Basically what Spontively does is that it, it consolidates all that into a single platform and says, hey, Christopher, you're available at 8 p.m. after work. This is what's going on. And by the way, Anthony's also going, do you want to go? So it's almost like a virtual community manager, right? So wherever you go, Spontively is in your pocket telling you, hey, welcome to Grant McEwen, welcome to the city of Beaumont. Based on your interests, here's all the things that are going on. I think you had mentioned too that the eventual vision is that you've got this app on your phone and you touch down in Vancouver or you touch down in Toronto Absolutely. and it's exactly the same thing. You say, 8, 8 p.m., what am I going to do in Vancouver? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's how the idea started, right? So as a consultant, I would, I would travel to these cities and I would spend like long hours working on, my, on, on a client project, go back to my hotel room, and the very first thing I'm doing after I'm, I've unwinded was like I open up my laptop and I'm typing in what is there to do in Regina, Saskatchewan, right? And my co-founder, Raj. The um, Milky Way, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The yeah. Milky Way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, he felt the same way. Like he, he grew up in Toronto and moved here and he had a hard time integrating into the community. Now, this is like, you know, we're, we're 2020 and we're having a hard time integrating people into, into our communities. Why is that? Right. So that's the, that's what got us started on this is like saying that this shouldn't be complicated. And then we realized that people are disconnected from their communities. And then there's a, there's a social impact to this, right? There's more, there's a rise in, you know, social isolation. There's a rise in depression, now these outcomes and no one's talking about this and and these platforms that were supposed to bring us together like the Facebook, um, Instagrams, all these all these social media tools that were supposed to bring us together, have done the exact opposite. So we're saying no, we're we're going to change that. Yeah, actually get people face to face. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. this is what it's all about: interacting with people, right? Yeah. And finding commonalities and finding sharing common interests. Right. I, I think it's it's even more to the point is that the more that people actually do meet each other face to face, the more they realize how similar they are. Like absolutely we build these isolation chambers for ourselves with yeah. our phones and our apps that we have. And yeah. we only see the people that are in that same, that same echo chamber. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we've, we've created these silo effect, right? Uh, and you know, there's a, there's a silo in Facebook, there's a silo in meetup and, and, and bridging that gap and bringing awareness is the first step. Right. And allowing people to be aware of what's going on in their community and then helping them interact in their community, I think goes a long way. And, and for us, that's what it comes down to. And informing our partners about what are people interested in. Now you have a voice, right? 
yes, we are a data company, but we're saying, look, Christopher, you're never going to go into a town hall meeting at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. But there's a select group of people that voice their opinion. So how do you be part of that group, right? Now you can. Now you can actually say, now we can actually provide, let's say, the city of Beaumont with empirical data saying that, hey, this is what your people are wanting and this is what they're interested in. Now go do it. Yeah. That, I mean, that, this, is, this is a long-term project then. Exactly. Yeah. How, how do you see those partnerships coming together with those community organizations? So we've, we've partnered with the city of Beaumont. We are working with the university of Alberta and McKeown university because fundamentally they, they all have the same problem, right? As a student, when you come into campus, you're just bombarded with so much going on. There's just obscene amount of things to do. Right. And it gets overwhelming. So our platform just helps a student actually navigate through post-secondary and that builds a better experience for them. Right. And the same thing in your community, in the city of Beaumont, we partner with them to help their citizens find out what's going on in the city. And that helps build a better experience, helps families that have just moved in to be a little bit more integrated in their community and just get, get community involvement up, right? And, and, and Beaumont understands that. And same thing with the um, city of St. Albert as well. So we're, we're moving our way towards, you know, getting a lot of these municipalities and uh, onto our platform. And they understand the importance of data. They understand that, you know, this is what drives decisions for them, right? And helps them be able to build better communities. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You kind of touched a bit earlier on, you know, the, the point of being inspired to do this, but maybe elaborate a little bit on like what inspired you enough to make the leap to do it? I think, I think it's my, my, my children, actually. I was, I remember, I remember this quite a, like, I remember this going back when I was looking at my kids and I was like, I, I, I didn't feel like I had a purpose with what I was doing at work. And what really motivated me was that tell my, my kids to follow their dreams. And here I am doing the exact opposite. Sure, I had I had a, I had a great salary that as a, as a CRM consultant, you can make your you can write a ticket anywhere. But I I was looking at how society, you know, how we've how how we've dif- drifted apart as a society. And I didn't want my kids to grow up in, in this in this environment. I wanted my kids to be able to interact with their friends and, and, and build, build relationships through commonalities and interests and, and not just, just on the phone kind of thing. Right. So I think, I think that's what really, really got me, got me going for me personally. And, and the same thing with my, with Raj, my co-founder, we both agreed that like, this is a problem and no one's rolling up their sleeve to fix this. Right. So we're going to do it. Great. Yeah, that that's the type of attitude though. Like that, we need we need more yeah. of. Yeah, is just not waiting for somebody else. So, oh well, this problem must be fixed by somebody. No, if it's a big enough problem, there probably isn't a solution yeah. to it yet. Yeah, exactly. I think I think another thing that we found was that there's band-aid solutions. Like it's funny when you go into like Kijiji and and Craigslist, you see these community posts. And we just left scratching our heads like those platforms are not meant to find like tennis partners or people in your community to engage in an activity. Right. So it it was really interesting for us that the people are finding band-aided solutions for this problem. And we're like, okay, well, 
we'll we'll do this, right? But there's nowhere really anywhere to do that. Yeah. Like yeah. there's there's obviously a lot of dating sites, but there's yeah. nowhere just to be like, hey, let's yeah. go like do something. Yeah. And even those dating sites, people are trying to use that to find people who they can share a commonality or an interest with, right? And 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 doesn't really work. It doesn't really turn out to what they what they expect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, let's uh let's touch on like the the user side then. So like how how do you see this being a benefit to users that you have and benefit to community as a whole. Yeah, I, th- I think the the, bi- the biggest value is that you you don't have to spend countless hours searching anymore through multiple platforms, right? It's like for, from a user from a user, like you have a single source that actually gathers everything and provides that to you, and not only does it provide that to you, it it checks your availability, your interest. And your location and where, where where are things happening, right? So you'll never end up missing an activity. Oftentimes we, we we end up we end up saying, "Oh man, if I only had known this was happening, I would have gone." Right? So we're saying, "Well, now you'll know. Like you'll never you'll never have to say that ever again, yeah. right?" And then and from a community is like being aware is the, like I alluded to. It's the first step. Being aware of what's going on in your community gives you that ability to either you know, interact in your community, but at least, at least, at least, you know, now versus, you know, that excuse is taken away and saying that, Oh, I didn't know this was happening. So I can, can get involved. Right. Yeah. Let's look at it from a different side. Then look at the business as a whole. Like why Edmonton? Like, why did you set up shop in Edmonton when you first started? And, and this, this is to me like the crux of, of what I do with this podcast is trying to Mm. really understand and share with our listeners is what is exciting about Alberta or about Edmonton that makes you decide to start a company here? We get asked that question a lot. We were out in Silicon Valley pitching and they asked, a lot of people have asked us, why Edmonton? And my question then is, why not? Right? Edmonton is really unique. You know, I grew up in Montreal. I've seen Toronto. I've been, been to a number of cities. But Edmonton, Edmonton is really unique. It's a, it's a big city with a small town feel. I'm basically two, we're basically two degrees of separation from, from somebody, right? You don't get that a lot. And I, and I also think Edmonton, the people is what makes it valuable, right? Like if people understand what you're doing and believe in it, they'll go out to bat for you. You don't find that a lot in bigger urban cities. And that's why we're really bullish about Edmonton. I think talent level, I think we can really compete with the Silicon Valley I, I really believe that. Um, we have the third largest AI hub in the world. We're doing some really cool stuff about Edmonton, in Edmonton, that we, uh, that we, that a lot of people are not aware of it. Do you guys uh, make use of that AI piece in? Yeah, we currently are. We're, we're using a little bit of AI to, when you create uh, these activities on our platform, we're checking images and we're using a little bit up front. Uh, later on, we're going to be working with that once we're collecting more and more data on the recommendation side of things, right? So, yeah. Yeah, right on. Right. I, uh, so tell me about Rainforest and kind of your thoughts on Rainforest, uh, Rainforest Alberta, the Edmonton chapter specifically, or just any anything that you might have on that. I think I think Rainforest is like you guys are doing a good job in bringing awareness in, right? I, I believe the Lunch Without Lunch program. Uh, I've attended a few of those, and 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 they've been really helpful, uh, bringing the community together. Everybody's about you know bringing awareness, right? I think 
I think there needs to be a lot more rallying around this, especially with the innovation ecosystem here. I don't, I don't, I think we, we have a long way to go. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. No, but hey, you know, I think that's what Rainforest as one group among many is trying right. to do. Right. Is trying to take the lead. It's saying, hey, there's something here that Absolutely. needs to be done. Yeah. Let's, let's do this and yeah. pull people together. Yeah. And I think, again, the first part is awareness and rallying people together. Right. And the more and more we do that, um, especially in this ecosystem, the more we can bring awareness about what we're doing here in Edmonton um, and more we can, you know, we can show the provincial government that, you know, why innovation is really important and, and what it actually does to the economy. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like you. I, I also am bullish on Edmonton. I, I have a, maybe unfounded optimism about yeah. this city uh, that just like, it just cuts to the core of me. There's, there's uh, so much talent here. Yeah. I, I think it, not only talent, but there's really good people, right? And you don't find that in a lot of urban centers. Like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm being biased, right? Like I, there's really like, there's really a lot of good people that are willing to help you. And I think that's the hidden gen about this city is that if you have enough people that are helping you, you can actually build a great company here, right? Unfortunately, that that's the part that needs to be, needs to be highlighted. No matter where you go in the city, if you want to build a tech company or a health company or fin, like whatever, whatever you want to do, you have the ability to do it because of the bill, because we have two degrees of separation and your network is just much larger here. Yeah. 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 No, this is, this is true. I mean, I, I'm actually shocked at like when you really start getting out into the world, like even how you and I met was yeah, at lunch yeah. with a lawyer. Yeah. It's an unusual connection and, and how things come together because I think it is that smaller town. It's less siloed. And even the the people that were around the table there, there were people that were in finance or people such as yourself, there yep. are entrepreneurs, there's yep. people like in law accountant, like it's, it's not everybody that's around the table is from different industries. Exactly. And then we, we just, came together over lunch and then we we're like, Oh, this is awesome. You're doing this. And James has been a, a strong, uh, strong proponent to like what we're doing. He like, you know, we accidentally met and uh, similar, similar to, to how we met. Uh, we met at another event and uh, it was so funny. Like he was pacing back and forth and I, I like, I'm restless right now. I'm like fidgeting all over the place, <laughs> but you know, he was just walking around and we shared, we were just chatting and we, how we like basketball and, and sports and then and then we just got together over lunch and we just hit it off right i think and that's the beauty about it right like you meet one person and you and it just a snowball effect in the city as an entrepreneur that's what you need you just need the doors open so that you can actually go out and build a great company and go out and get it right so that's the reason why we're here yeah and I, and I would echo that same sentiment, the same, same things that if you, if you are just open to those opportunities, right? Your, your, your Edmonton is a great place for those things to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about your, your journey as an entrepreneur. What would you say would have been uh, some of the, the key challenges that you've had to overcome? Oh man, there's tons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of a lot. I think, you know, when I started this journey, I, I, I do think I, like there are some really good programs out there, right? 
I remember when I first started this, I had, we had this idea and we didn't formulate it properly. It was like nowhere near what we're doing now. And I think I, I owe it to startup Edmonton, really startup Edmonton. The, they do um, their, their pre-flight program really well. I do think, you know, like there's a lot of things that the service providers should be working on, but for startup Edmonton, I, I, I give kudos to that, that they, uh, they have a pre-flight program that's really, really worthwhile. And it's really affordable. If you've got this idea and you want to flush it out and you're really serious about it, take that program, take that program and run with it. And you're great with that. That really helped, helped me and, and helped us. We realized that we need to can. So Right after taking the the pre flight one hundred and one, both Raj and I we like we I, like we canvassed about three hundred people at the YMCA in the middle of winter, and they thought we were crazy. But we asked a certain number of questions, and and that's what kickstarted us to be like, huh, we are on the right path. And obviously, throughout you know throughout the journey, we went to Silicon Valley. The biggest the biggest challenge for us is I think like any other startup, was just getting the ball rolling. Both Raj and I come from a public sector background, and, and, and luckily for us, we built that network. So the people around us, we had we had the network. But but just getting your foot in the door, just you know, going from an idea to to iterate and and flush things out, that was that was a little bit of a challenge. Did you did you find that having a public sector background? Was it harder for you to kind of spread your wings and feel like, oh man, like I'm able to just do whatever I want now? No, it wasn't harder. So, you know, I have always like growing up, I've always been an entrepreneur. So let, let, let me start off with that. Like I, you know, in high school, I would, I would, I would hustle. I would sell DVDs, pirated DVDs. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, no one's listening to, I don't get caught now, but I, I would, you know, I would always, I always it's over had, seven years yeah, ago. It's always, yeah, totally, totally. So I, I would always, uh, I would always have that entrepreneur mindset, right? So growing up, I always had that. It just, I just fell in love with tech. I think it just, it just happened that I worked in the public sector. Like I worked in private companies like IBM and, but would always have public sector accounts. I think it's just the environment that I was in, like, especially with CRM and, and PeopleSoft, it was just public sector, but it, I think it helped more than anything. Like, because we are serving public sector here with our platform and it just helped us more than anything. You know how to actually talk to the people that are in the public sector. Yeah, I think that's one of our biggest advantages is that not a lot of startups know how to, how how the public sector works and and we we kind of do. We we uh, we know how um, their budget cycles are. We know how to talk to them. We understand what the what their value um, what they're looking for. Um, so it, it it really helps. So to other entrepreneurs then, what would you suggest or recommend if they're thinking about making this leap for themselves? I would say if you really believe in what you're doing, go for it. Uh, what's the worst that can happen? I think we get, we get caught up with this notion that you've got these golden handcuffs, right? And you're afraid to let that go. But really that's just holding you back. If you really believe in what you're doing, just take the leap of faith. You know, obviously put aside, you know, some sort of savings, just, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and go for it. Cause the absolute worst case scenario is that you fail and then you just go back to what you were doing anyways. Yeah. So if you have that mindset, then just go and do it. Right. And, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna stop you. Thinking back, there's a lot of people at the time 
that I've talked to or just laughed at us. Right. And even now, like, I don't feel like we've accomplished anything We're we have a vision that we want to set and we're far from it. And we want to, we have like, we want to go get it, but I'll remember this story. I'll always remember. And I always say it. Like I, I spoke to an individual in one of the, one of the service providers. And I remember when I, you know, when, when we, I had this idea after the interviewing 300 people, you know, meeting with this person and, and talking with them. And the fir- very first thing, they just shot it down. They're like, this is a dumb idea. No one's going to use this. And as an entrepreneur, you got to have a really thick skin. And luckily for me, I, uh, I was having that experience and working in as a consultant. And, and um, I've, I was able to be like, yeah, brush that off and be like, no, you're wrong. You know, you yeah. almost have to be stubborn and say like, no, you're wrong. You're absolutely, I, I, I know like these are what the signs they're pointing at. So you have to have a thick skin and be, be comfortable with the rejections. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost that balance. Uh, like, yeah, you want to, you want to listen to other people's advice, but at the same yeah. time, you've just got to know in your core that what you're doing is the right thing. Well, yeah, exactly. Like no one knows, like if you're, you know, when you're passionate about solving a problem, no one knows that problem more than you because you've done your homework, you're, you, you, you know, you live it day and night. People think they might, right? Yeah. Even just kind of what you talked about a little earlier, it's just the, the idea of like potentially golden handcuffs. I mean, that, that just stems back to, I, I'm struck by how, how important the idea of mindset is and uh, for all entrepreneurs, but like the idea of self-limiting beliefs, you, you tell yourself that this is all I'm able to do. Well, guess what? That's all you're going to be able to do. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, I, I did a, an interview with a number of people and, and we talked about this. We, uh, we said entrepreneurship is like sports, right? So in order to get better, you need to, you need to play with people who are better than you and you need to surround yourself with, with more talented people in order for you to be better, come up to that level. Cause if you play with people who are at, 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 at you know, a lower level or at the same level, you're not going to get better. You're, you're, you're just going to be stagnant. Right. So a lot of my mindset comes from my um, my sports background and how in order to achieve um, your goals or in order to be successful in, in what you're trying to do, always surround yourself with better talented people, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it's even just uh, the sports analogy is perfect too because, I mean, you, you don't start out great. No. You don't no. start out as like, you know, professional. No. Nope. You start out terrible, just like everybody just else. Just like everybody else. And you've just got to... Fumble your way through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there, there are people who have talent, uh, people who are athletically built, right? But hard work will always trump talent, right? So you might not be the smartest person in the room, but if you're, if you're passionate and you're dedicated and you just want this problem to be solved and you're working day and night, yeah, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be successful. Um, and and I and I, I'm a firm believer of that like you just you just look at people who actually are driven and almost obsessed with the problem they're trying to solve, and they're they're most of the times they're not the smartest people in the room. They're just they're just driven to solve this problem. Action plus persistence. Persistence. Yeah. Persistence. Persistence. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Any final words that you want to share with uh, listeners, people thinking about being entrepreneurs, people that are in the trenches right now that would be uh, important for them to hear? Yeah, I think just continue doing what you're doing and believe in what you're doing and just never give up. I know it sounds so cliche, 
but it's a roller coaster. Being an entrepreneur, there's ups, there's downs. Like it, you just go, you know, one day it'll be great. The next day it'll be crap. And that's just the, the reality and enjoy it because, you know, you're doing something you're passionate about that you love and um, don't forget like to take a step back and, and realize that, that this is something that I'm, I'm trying to do it, it, you know, whatever, if you're trying to achieve greatness, it doesn't come easy. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Well, that's uh, final words of wisdom. Thank you so much, uh, Anthony. And uh, yeah, thank you to the listeners out there. Always appreciate it. And have a great day. Thanks, Christopher. Appreciate it. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is sponsored by Capturing Legacies, because everyone has a story, and Capturing Legacies is here to help you tell it. Visit CapturingLegacies.com for more information. The audio for this episode was professionally edited by Kate Day with KD Sound Design. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.